Welcome to the Illuminations Media Network. This is Tamara Westwood, your host, and I'm excited to bring you another luminary who's on the planet making a vital difference. And this is Jason Zook. Jason Zook is a psychic and he's a lawyer. Think about that combination. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Jason. I would just love for you to share a bit about yourself, about your journey, and about your passion with our viewers. Sure. Thank you so much for having me on the show, and I appreciate the intro. I, uh, I will tell you that I've been on this journey for about 14 years now. I believe everybody has some type of intuitive abilities within themselves that if you're open to it, you can awaken it. And mine was uh, awoke, at, so to speak, when my grandfather passed away in 2004. He actually appeared to me with three little beams of light, like orbs of light, and that caused me to take my lawyer hat off and actually look at the world as not just what you see concretely in front of you, but that there are a lot of things that exist in this world that can't be explained that exist as energy, for example. And um, from my vantage point, I became more passionate over time. Uh, when I start, the universe just created synergy for me where I would be at a party and uh, I'd walk up to somebody and next thing you know, their aunt's coming through who passed away from cancer a month earlier, or I would sit on a plane for work. I would travel, I uh, do disaster work. So I'd be, I was traveling to one of the States I was working on after Katrina hit, for example, in Mississippi and on route, I'm on the plane with a woman who's grieving her daughter. And we're 32,000 feet in the air. And I've got to decide, am I going to share this with her? We're 32,000 feet in the air. Will I make her be hysterical or will she, you know, approach the information as something that she could actually invest in? And I was very careful how I said it to her, but she embraced it. So I had a lot of, I mean, there's many, many of those kind of examples that just led me on the path that I'm on now. And doing my own podcast and having my own clients to work with and meeting phenomenal people like you that we cross paths. It just makes it more intriguing to me every day. And I enjoy every single thing I'm doing right now between my legal career, as well as this intuitive psychic stuff. You know, Jason, I have so many questions. I'm not really sure to begin, but I'm going to begin with this first one. That's really deep on my heart. You know, we talked about how everything is energy. And that there, everything is a frequency, that nothing ever really dies. It just changes form, and it keeps that energy. Um, so I'm just wondering, and, and I don't know if maybe, um, you know, a soul that's come to you, you know, to, to share something with, with a loved one that needed that information, if somehow you are open, that, that on an energetic level, they can pick up that you can actually hear them. Or is it they're always trying to speak to all of us and then some here and some just don't? What do you think? I think think it's more the latter, the second one. I don't, I think it's more the latter, the second one. I think everyone can learn how to be in tune with their loved ones. And when someone crosses over, like you said, energy does transform itself. If we look at it from a Judeo-Christian or any kind of religious traditional point of view, the soul, I refer to as a soul, crosses over, but I still view it as energy. We know with our modern knowledge, energy is constant. Everything in the universe is made of energy. So why would we be any different to say that when we cross over, we don't just go to another spot, but yet we're still in touch, you know, still in touch with this uh, 
existing plane that we're on. I think love binds us to our loved ones as a form of energy that they can stay connected to us at all times. Yes. And so from my vantage point, I, I, I started giving professional readings about two years ago. Before that, it was all very much uh, as an amateur, you know, close friends and family members. And then I decided to put myself out there and I always got nervous and I still get a little nervous before reading sometimes, but I just learned to trust and grow in my, in my skill that anytime I have a reading, when people ask about their loved ones, either over the phone through Skype or in person, that person will generally come through to send the message of reassurance, comfort. They don't want their loved ones suffering. They don't want them grieving. They don't want them deprived of living the best quality life possible. They're more concerned about us than we are about them. So to me, that exudes that they're in a good place. And I always find that they always have a greeter. They're always with somebody else who's with them and close to them. Hmm. Beautiful. You know, you painted a beautiful picture there. I can actually um, see the imagery of, of, of what that may be like on the energetic level. Um, another question that's on my heart, Jason. Now, just because someone passes over, does it necessarily mean that they evolate in consciousness? Does it, does it necessarily mean that they become this being that can, um, that is more enlightened, if you will? My personal belief, because I've done these with hundreds, maybe a thousand, maybe I, don't, I didn't count the number of people I've read for in my life with the psychic stuff. But when I pick up on people from the other side, they do impart some of their experience and, and, knowledge to me. And what I get is when they cross over, let's say they suffer from mental illness or mental depression or, or, you know, some form of depression that was undiagnosed and they caused a lot of chaos for people in their life, or they were an alcoholic or whatever it is. When they cross over, those physical maladies that plague them in their bodies is no longer existing. So in that sense, they become a higher, a higher form of themselves. And I also get that they still have a sense of humor. They still have their personalities. If your grandmother passed and she was sarcastic and she would ridicule you because (laughs) you spend too much money too quickly, when they come in the readings, they do the same thing. They will still have that sense of humor. So for me, I feel like we go to another place and we lose those physical maladies that our body comprises and plagues us with. But Mm -hmm. as we're on the other side, we're still at core who we we normally are. But in a better way. Pure energy. Mm-hmm. So pure energy. That's beautiful. That's, that's very comforting to, to think about that. Um, have you ever come across any uh, entities that, that were not very pleasant, ones that, that may not be um, necessarily a loved one, but, but somebody else that's trying to reach out to you? Great question. You know, when we had radio... Back in the day, we'd turn the knob to try to get to a station before satellite radio and all these. Yes. You would try to tune in to the right channel. Um, I kind of use that analogy when I say how I, how I kind of do my thing. I do, I do have times when I've gone into old buildings or old places that I don't know if they're haunted, but I could feel a heavier energy. I'll call it a heavier energy versus a light energy. Mm-hmm. Um, first, you know, and, and usually what I try to do is block that stuff out. I don't welcome that into me because I don't think it serves the central purpose and core of what I feel like I'm meant to do, which yeah. is help people heal and work with people to understand themselves better and, and give reassurance. Those are the three things I found that this has um, imparted on me. Of It's not about me. It's bigger than me. It's about working with people and having relationships and having people learn from their own inner knowledge. You know, I think I can unlock that sometimes when I read for relatives who have passed. 
But uh, I mean, it's entertaining to watch TV where you see a haunting or to go watch the movie The Conjuring. Uh, in yeah. real life, have I encountered that? No. And I think it's part because I choose to change the channel and find a channel I like to tune into. Do I, deny, do I deny its existence? No. I think everything's possible in this world. But for me, yes. my, my, my channel only picks up my, you know, my, my antenna only picks up on what I try it to be as positive as possible. So you work as a healer for the living. You're not yeah. like the, the one that says, children, go into the light. You're not, yeah, not the heal, healing <laughs> the healing the disembodied who are who are still trapped or stuck here. I think sometimes it could be a mutual because sometimes Ooh. loved ones want to come through so badly mm-hmm. uh, where they can't communicate with their loved one before they pass. And so let's say they had an argument and then mm-hmm. so-and-so passes in their sleep or dies or whatever happens, tragic accident. Mm-hmm. Now you have that rem- remnant residual guilt for the loved one left behind. Oh, certainly. Well, the loved one's on the other side. And I'm not saying they're plagued by wanting to rectify things, but I think they're more about wanting to bring that reassurance to their le- relative left behind. So in that respect, by me serving as a mouthpiece and I, I, I interpreter, because you're interpreting two different languages, one's all energy and the other one's physical of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I see images. It's like playing charades. I think that that helps both sides heal because it brings them closer together to realize grandma's not gone forever. I'm actually going to probably see grandma. She'll probably be my greeter when I cross over. Yes. And, and that's the other thing I want to raise too. When you die, it's probably the most disappointing thing for people in the sense that it's not a big deal. If I was to tell you right now during this interview that you're breathing, you know you're breathing. It's automatic, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, an, it's an automatic thing. But now that I just told you that you're breathing, you're thinking about your breath. You're thinking about your breathing. Well, that's how death is. Death is so subtle. It's a natural process. A lot of people have told me on the other side that it's like falling asleep on the couch, watching TV to their favorite program, extremely relaxed, wow. and they just go into the next realm. And that can include violent death. That could include heart attack, whatever. Because once the body knows, it, it knows what it's doing when it shuts down, <laughs> your energy is elevated to the next level. And you're actually, you're, you're not sensing any pain. You're not, you don't, you don't go through, even if someone bludgeons, I hate to say this, but if someone was like bludgeoning somebody, after the first piercing, you're, you're not in that anymore. So for loved ones to think that their loved one was murdered horribly, they don't suffer. They just, the, the soul cocoons itself and goes to that next spot. <laughs> and it really is, it's, it's, it's a seamless process. And the only reason you know you're passed on is when you find someone who you love before you greeting you, and then they kind of orientate you to where you're at. Wow. That's beautiful. I, I love the way that you, you broke that down. That, uh, that in itself can be reassuring because... Certainly, uh, each one of us is going to pass on. Correct. And, uh, we're all dying right now, just slowly. <laughs> we're in the process. With, with our soul, with our, with our cells and everything, but that's not anything to fear. Right. And, and, you know, in the work that I do, you know, I've noticed that, that that is the biggest fear. That is the fear that is beneath all others, the fear of, of death. And, you know, for you to be able to, to comfort people and to ease people. And what that, what is that? You know, that, that huge unknown. I mean, that's a big deal. Think of it that way. It's the fear of the unknown. You just, mm-hmm. if you don't know it, you fear it. It's like a thousand years ago or longer, I'd say, when people were afraid of venturing out into the ocean on a boat. And they thought that the earth was flat and it'd fall into an abyss. And that's not like that anymore. 
now we're on planes. Now we fly around. Now don't get me wrong. There's still people actually believe that the earth is flat. Mm -hmm. They can believe that all they want. Mm -hmm. But um, I feel like as technology improves and as our understanding of things improve, our knowledge base, I believe we're going to gain the wisdom to understand death better and to understand that it's not a final place or a finality in terms of a process. I think we're going to develop technology that will give us the ability to pick up unloved ones who cross somehow. There's going to be, that's just my personal belief. I think technology is going to catch up with the psychic and paranormal and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think it's going to happen in, in, it may even happen in our lifetimes. You never know. Well, you know, it, it seems I've, I've read um, some research or some history on that, that that was originally the purpose of the television. <laughs> To wow. that the big tube, you know, on the big back TVs that that tube was to to kind of tune the channels and pick up on, you know, disincarnate beings, which is very That's interesting. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's something that we've always, you know, wanted to know. And of course you would, you know, as a sentient being, you want to know, you know, that second question is, is, you know, OK, why am I here? But then where do I go after this? <laughs> you know, how does that work? So what you're doing is super, super vital, you know, I enjoy for everyone it. to understand. I've kind of classified it as a hobby, more importantly than anything else the last few years, because it's something that I do as my side thing. But the more I'm passionate about it, the more I enjoy doing it more and more, it might not always be just a side thing for me because of the value I gain from it and the enjoyment I gain from it. And it's a great icebreaker <laughs> when I talk I to people I don't know. <laughs> but... Uh, and it makes you learn a lot about yourself and, and meet phenomenal people like you and other people that have come across. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, you know, I, I, I use the term spiritual family and I just started using that term and I feel very strongly about that. I think we all share a purpose and yeah. wanting to spread a positive message of love, of hope, of believing in something bigger than yourself and knowing that we all fit within the big picture of a fabric of the universe. There are no divisions. There shouldn't be. We're all one living thing and right. animals, nature, us, all of that. It's just one large living thing. Mm, beautiful. So. Now, lawyer and psychic. <laughs> Jason, does that put you at an unfair advantage? <laughs> no, know? I don't. I don't take my, I don't take my, when I do my psychic role, I take my lawyer hat off. I kind of check it at the door. Hmm. And when I'm in my lawyer mode, I really don't use the psychic thing much because they're just different. It's a different way of, of observing and of perceiving. Uh, you know, the term sixth sense, I don't really rely on that. I think it's just uh, you learn to interpret data that comes to you from different ways. And psychic information, I feel like, comes from a different channel of information in our physical senses. So that's where my logical reasoning and all that as a lawyer is one way I look at things. And then as a psychic or as an intuitive, that comes differently it's just a different modality so to speak it's kind of like being able to do pranic healing and then doing reiki healing they're both similar but they're different for me the lawyering thing is just my date my date profession the psychic thing is something that's deep for me in terms of helping people who are really in need of it and i find that that's when it really comes out so mm -hmm. seamlessly so if that makes any sense. Well, that's awesome. What that says is that your brain is pretty balanced then. <laughs> it must be. I, I'm a Libra, so you never know. <laughs> Me too. Libra okay. love. Yes. October 8th, 
18th. So ah. we both had our birthdays. Happy belated. <laughs> Happy belated. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, Jason, with what you're doing, um, and I know a lot of people, people can be frightened. They, they can close down and shut down to it. When did you first know? Did you have, you mentioned that your grandfather came to you. Did you have any kind of inkling prior to that? I had small tidbits. Like once I remember I, I was driving with my friend while we were in law school, he had a truck and I grabbed the steering wheel and shifted it from the passenger seat to make a sharp turn. And we avoided another car by inches. So it was like a little premonition. And then I had stuff to start up my second or third year of law school before my grandfather died. He didn't die until four or five years later. So I kind of had something starting, but it became, uh, intensified after he passed. But the process itself from even when he died in 04, it wasn't until like 2007 that really significant things occurred where, for example, I had a mutual friend of mine whose boyfriend passed in a motorcycle accident and she was 10 years younger than me. And our mutual friend met with me and then the boyfriend came through to her, through me, to him, the mutual friend. And then that introduced us to each other and I'd never met her. So I had that kind of thing happen or the synchronicity of meeting people who you work with and in your life and you get really close to them quickly and you can't explain how did we just crop up this immediate awesome friendship, but to say we're just so similar in our viewpoints and our purpose that those things have helped as well. So it, it's been a process though. And I was reluctant at first. I wouldn't tell people because I didn't want it to interfere with my professional reputation. And ultimately I decided as I've been going forward as an attorney is, you know what, this isn't something to be ashamed of or embarrassed of. I'm going to put myself out there and People who know me and respect me aren't going to let that change their viewpoint of me. And it's been a very positive process. Right. And I'm wondering, too, um, if you have something that is not very palatable to share with someone that has come across from their loved one, how do you, how do you decide how to share something that could be a little frightening or uncomfortable for that individual? Interesting question. Most of the time people come through on the other side, they focus on the loved one and the loved one's present condition, present state of mind. And they usually come through uh, to offer guidance and advice. They don't usually, I I can say one example, uh, a grandmother came through to somebody who was a son that was in front of me, uh, a grandson, and she didn't like the fact that he got a tattoo. And she made a joke about it. And she said, I love you more than anything else, but I really don't like your tattoo. And I didn't even know he had a tattoo. It was on his upper shoulder. Blade. And he started laughing <laughs> because before she passed, he was telling her he wanted to get a tattoo. And she said, over my dead body. Well, then she died and he had the tattoo. So she had some humor in that. And she said, I still disagree with your tattoo. Um, that's, that's an example. I haven't had anybody who um, came in just really negative. I think because of all the energy they have to expend to find someone like me and come through in a reading or a sitting, mm-hmm. they aren't going to waste that energy in the negative zone. I think that even people who commit suicide, by the way, and I picked up on people who commit suicide, they're not wasting away somewhere. They're somewhere else with everyone else. And they are coming through as a, a moment of I want you to know I didn't intend to kill myself. I was plagued by a mental illness. I love you and I'm with you and I don't want you to feel sadness towards my passing. I want you to understand how important you are to me and how I love you. It's always a message of love for those kind of things. 
What a gift for you. What a, what a privilege you have. That's awesome. Can people learn to develop these skills? Absolutely. Cause I didn't know anything when I first started and I think we all have this in our brains. We all have this in our soul and our bodies. And I think it's just about opening yourself up to understanding. And I equated to when I first went to college, I always have a thirst for knowledge and a hunger for knowledge and learning. You can learn so many things just from the internet and YouTube and metaphysical shops. And you can, you can, you can get a degree on the internet now. It's amazing. Exactly. Becoming acquainted with like-minded people who share these points of view and have these curiosities. Mm-hmm. That didn't exist 20, 30 years ago. No. And I think anyone who has an interest in this, if they're listening to this and they're thinking that they want to, you know, I, I have people who I'm close with in my family who have psychic situations that occur where they're, you know, one was a hospice nurse who worked many years as a hospice nurse and she didn't realize it, but she was helping the loved ones that were under her care crossing over without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. And then speaking to the, other side it's it's people don't realize sometimes that that's actually what they're doing they think they dismiss it oh that's just coincidence that i'm picking up on you know my grandfather had a a black hat i didn't know he had a black hat but i picked up on it and then next thing you know you find out he had a black hat well those similarities aren't just coincidences that's actually communication coming through so people do have that ability i'd say more than you realize The the hospice, you know, brought something to mind um, that your relative was actually helping people, you know, process. And I imagine, you know, being elderly or being, you know, you know, needing continued care because you are ill and you are on the, in the process of dying, um, that there's a lot of regret comes in. There's a lot of, of need to, to heal and to kind of recapitulate the life and, uh, and, and make some make some closure happen. And so I'm just wondering if that is helpful, you know, or does passing over automatically transmute, you know, those things that we've regret and they want to heal? I, I feel like when they cross over, they don't have any lingering negative emotions at all. They don't have regret. If anything, they try to explain themselves. I'll bring up someone who committed suicide again. Mm-hmm. They'll try to explain their point of view that they, they really were more of a cry for help than actually wanting to commit suicide. Yes. It just went the wrong way. Um, most of the time, I think that that's something that people don't, don't realize because they don't have that ability to pick up on that loved one like they'd like to. But the loved one will come to them in dreams, will come to them in alternate ways by seeking out people like myself or other people who might be more open to it. You just have to believe. And, and discard the notion that if it's not concretely in front of you, that it can't happen. Because, yes, I believe very strongly anything is possible from my experiences that I've seen over the years. Mm-hmm. So that healing that happens, you know, on the deathbed, you know, where the person reveals their secrets or their regrets, you know, and, and, and gets that solace, that's actually for the person that's in the process of dying that's still here on this side. Correct. Comfort. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and, and you mentioned healing. I am healed when I give readings because I don't know what it is, but let's say I'm going through some, some contemplation of my own in my life. I'm worried. We all worry about things, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'll have someone come for a reading and I'll talk to them and the universe speaks through me. And then I start picking up, well, that message isn't just intended for the person receiving the reading. It actually helps me understand things a lot better about myself as well. Yeah. To, to let things go and not have these what-if thoughts plague you down. Mm-hmm. That you could be dealing with a lot of different things, be it health concerns 
or anything. And it's not really the end of the world. You know, we, mm. we are a lot more resilient than we realize. And you never have limits on you that plague you down. It's, it's phenomenal to think of the potential of what we really can achieve. Mm. And do. What a great gift. You know, because you get to partake of the healing as well. Absolutely. And uh, and that's amazing. I, that makes me think about, you know, why I started this. You know, the, the whole purpose of the beyond hypnosis, you know, helping people to let go of the suffering part and to heal and, and to feel better, become their full potential, you know, realize yes. that. But then also the interviewing too, because <laughs> I get to ask all the questions I want. <laughs> I get to get to healing, you know, and healing, I think a lot of healing, you know, as you just spoke to, comes from awareness of the truth. Absolutely. (laughs) We all strive. We're all on a journey. um, We're all on a path. Mm -hmm. And I I learned about the term light worker. I feel like you're a light worker. Probably I'm a light worker. We like to interwove light into our life path and, and work on helping others. We all have to earn a living, of course, but... You know, when we pass, the material things aren't going to go with us. It's the relationships we've created with people. It's the, the deeds that we do to help others. It's, it's the altruism. It's the striving for a better, uh, you know, a better life, not only just in the physical, but in the spiritual and the well-balance of it all. Those are things that are going to matter most. And I think most people who have regrets when they pass, they say surveys and all that, are people regret not having healthier relationships with their family and loved ones. And when we joked earlier about how we're all dying every day, that makes you appreciate every day we've got here because of every moment that we're breathing, we've got to appreciate it. And we are going to transcend to that next spot. And while we're here, we might as well make the best of what we've got mm-hmm. and, and work with people around us. Sometimes we get difficult people placed in our lives, but those challenging people are there for a reason. It's for our exercise and theirs. And, um, you know, that's just something that I believe. I read a book by, written by a, a, a rabbi about 20 years ago, and um, I think his last name was Goldstein, and the book is entitled, Thank You, in bold letters, <laughs> and then the subtitle is, For Being Such a Pain. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes deep into that understanding that those petty tyrants that show up, oh, that's Carlos Castaneda, um, those petty tyrants that show up are there to help you to learn and to grow. They're the ones that catapult you, right? Could you imagine going up to someone that you find is the most difficult person in your life and walking up to them and saying thank you and then trying to give them a hug? I think that they would look at you like you lost it. I do it all the time now that I know. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I I know better. And it transmutes the whole thing. It's amazing. I believe healing is a part of a two-way street. And if you can heal yourself by forgiving whoever may have wronged you or you feel wrong or slighted, forgive first, let it go. And if that other person doesn't let go, well, give them time. They will as well. Or at least you unburden yourself. You don't have the heavy weight on your shoulders anymore. Yeah. I think that we're very in tune with people energetically, especially with those strong emotions, whether it's love or it's so-called hate or resentment or whatever, we're deeply tied in. And I agree so, with you. So that healing, you know, as you said, um, is is super easy. You know, you transmute that self, and then it can't help but affect them as well because they're tied into you. you Absolutely, know? I believe yeah. that a hundred percent. I believe that there are people who are in our path for a reason, like you just said. And I think you're going to have times when you have exchange of negative 
uh, words with one another, if it's a family member or if it's a close friend that betrays you or if it's something that just disappoints you. And those are hard feelings to work through. But one of the things I'm learning from personal experience, like I'm sure you are as well, is that the sooner you're able to let go of that negativity and say, okay, this has happened for a reason. And my next step is to control how I react. And if I don't let this phase me, if I don't let it bother me, if I can meditate on it, and if I could start looking and focusing on positive things instead of harboring negative uh, stuff, that it just makes your body, you know, you'll heal yourself first. And eventually that healing energy will go to that other person. I just had, we talked about my, my deep downloads, <laughs> the ones that, are, that just happen, come out of nowhere and I have to share. Oh my gosh, my deep download about that was that when we feel like we've been betrayed, right? Correct. We got to let that go because that is not even a fact because folks cannot be loyal to anything but their values. It's true. And, and this is huge. That's, that's a big, deep lesson to get. We can't take it personal because everybody's got their value systems, you know, that come from our pillars of socialization, from uh, our family tribe, um, our experiences in life. All of those things create these values within us. And that is the only thing that we can be loyal to. Now, if you can fit and find folks that share your values, (laughs) um, that's cool. But you got to recognize that you, too, can only be loyal to your values. And that's true. It's like when you deal with a narcissistic person Mm -hmm. who has the incapacity to empathize or sympathize with somebody and it's all about themselves. That to me has been one of my greatest challenges because I'm not like that at all. I'm around someone who is like that. Well, that's the whole idea. It's like you really have to. Thank you for listening to the Illuminations Media Network. Until next time. It's not Peace anything impossible. I think blessings. you can even reach people who have those kind of maladies and deal with, especially if it's a narcissistic family member, because you know you're going to be around them quite frequently over the years. But I believe exactly what you're saying. I think it's true. Definitely. Yeah. They're working with another set of tools that has, has served them. Now, of course, they want to grow too, and we want to help them to grow. Yes. And that's what the bumping into is all about. So everybody can get their learnings. Sometimes Correct. the learnings hurt, but... We got to get them. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for real. (laughs) What a delight you are. I know that we're we're winding down. I mean, time flies when you're having fun, you know, and you're you're talking to a soul brother. I know you're a soul brother from another mother. And it's just feeling so good. But because time is short here, please. Share how the listeners can reach out to you. You know, sure. if you if you do readings about your show. Please. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Blog Talk Radio, which is also on Apple iTunes and various other platforms. The name of my show is Jason Zook, the Social Psychic Radio Show. I have a website for that as well at www. the letter d for d socialpsychicradio.com. I also have a website for The Social Psychic, thesocialpsychic.com. You can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook, uh, Jason's Zook, The Social Psychic. My radio show is also on Facebook. Uh, the Social Psychic Radio Show has its own page, and I'm on Instagram where I like to post my little memes when I have the time to do so. And uh, viewers, just to let you know, be on the lookout because Jason has agreed 
to be on the <laughs> Illuminations Media Network and to offer healing readings uh, for the viewers and the listeners. Just keep your eyes peeled and be on the lookout for that. It's going to be very exciting in this uh, in this new new page that we're going to turn here. <laughs> I look forward to it. It'll be a true pleasure. <laughs> it really will. Well, again, I thank you so much, Jason. I thank everyone there for listening and viewing. You've been with me for all these years. Hang out. It's just getting started. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Uh, peace and blessings. And this is Tamara Westwood, your host, signing off on the Illuminations Media Network. Until next time. <laughs>